0: and welcome to NSTA The Bus Stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I'm Kurt Mackison, Executive Director. And wrapping up Women's History Month, we have Karina Noble, Senior Vice President of Communications and External Affairs at National Express. As you know, she's also serving as NSTA President. So, Karina, welcome back to NSTA The Bus Stop.
1: Thank you very much, Kurt. I'm really happy to be here.
0: No, that's great. And I, I think we can call you at this point a frequent guest at NTA, the bottom, which is great. But for any of those listeners out there who may have missed some of our episodes, can you give us a brief outline of your role at National Express?
1: Yes, I can. And I think it's uh, quite entertaining that you call me a frequent guest, because if you'll remember during COVID, when you were talking about this podcast, I was a little hesitant about it. But since then, I have said, wow, what a great <laughs> job you've done in helping to tell our story of the association, not just within folks who are part of MISTA and understand what contractors do, but outside as well. So, so well done to you. Thanks for having me. What I do at National Express, I... And part of the communications and external affairs teams. And so we manage everything from external to internal comms, government relations, and community relations. We really have some neat roles and some neat tasks that we are in charge of at National Express all over North America.
0: So it is interesting, you know, when we first launched the podcast, and, and I appreciate your kind words, it, it was, oh, how is this going to evolve? And it's been so interesting seeing how it has kind of evolved you know, over the three plus years we've been doing it. And one of the areas is this uh, Women's History Month series, which has been great. And, you know, we have folks who come on, you know, multiple times during Women's History Month, but we always have two or three additional, you know, women in transportation that we bring on to the podcast during – Women's History Month. And I think it's just been a great series, not only to highlight the importance of women in transportation, student transportation, but also highlighting NSTA as well. So so thank you for being a reoccurring guest. Um, one of the things that you have been doing for the past couple of years is serving as NSTA president. How about you give us, you know, thumbnail sketch of how are things going? You know, what are some areas that you really didn't think you were going to be involved in some areas where it's kind of been as expected, you know, over your uh, going on two years as NSTA president.
1: Yeah, going on two years, counting down. So far, I'll be honest, it has been a great experience. It's been a lot of work, probably maybe a little more than I thought, but and a lot of learning experiences too, which I enjoy, but some of them were surprises as you've asked me, but I've been really fortunate to work not only with a great NISTA team, but also with a great exec team who we're quite a a varied mix of folks, different experiences, different approaches to problem solving. And so that has been a learning experience that we've worked through, but a great team that's gotten a lot done. And I've gotten to know a lot more of our board members better and our board members, Uh, for the most part, have been more engaged and have been willing to step up and take on more active roles in the committees as we try to get some really good work done for the association and for our members. And that's been exciting. And then getting to know some of our vendor supplier members. That's not part of National Express that I'm typically involved in on a day-to-day or day-to-day. And so it's been and again, like I said, a learning experience, but really eye-opening. So, so a little surprising for me because I've been in the school bus business for so many years. And it, yet every time I'm at a meeting with NSTA folks and, and I'm sitting in a room talking with them, I'm learning something about the business, which is surprising to me. And I think one of the bigger challenges for me has been the EV learning curve. And, and it's super exciting because we, we do have an opportunity to make great strides in leaving a, a cleaner planet, but we've got to do so at the right pace. And I think that's where we're a little stuck now. But but one of the biggest surprises for me is just how quickly that has come and how quickly we all needed to get up to speed on what that means for us and how it impacts our business and how, the, uh, how EV can be done, can be done the right way. Um, it was a little out of my element for me. So a lot of learning there, but a lot of fun. So, you know, overall, I would say it's a great experience, but it has been a lot of work. But I've learned a lot, too. And, uh, and with that, I've been able to to meet some new folks and build some better relationships across the industry folks that I didn't expect I would be interacting with as much.
0: Yeah, and, and that's for sh- for sure. It's, I'm sure it's taken a little more time than you probably expected, but it's been all, all good. And as you mentioned, uh, quite a learning experience. Uh, let's latch on to that uh, discussion point about electric school buses, because last week, the NSTA executive team took up took a trip up to Boston, actually cut Massachusetts for a facility visit centering around electric school buses. So, I know that we learned a lot on that trip, but can you tell the listeners about your observations?
1: Yeah, that that was really um, an an incredible experience for me and I think for members of the executive team as well. It seemed like a pretty simple visit turned out to be more eye-opening than we had expected. And where this came about from was, as you know, we are in all of these conversations, like I had said over the past few months about electric vehicles and about what's happening, where's the funding, what makes sense, how does it work, and meeting these groups and networking with folks and learning about some of the electrification efforts that are happening, not just folks who have buses on order, but where they are actually being put in and they're being operated and they made all the infrastructure changes. And we've been invited to a few locations, but some of the locations that have had the greater progress have been publicly owned, um, school district operated is what I mean. And I'm, so we've had a conversation at exec and said, let's try to see if we can't find a contractor site that has been running electric buses where we could go and learn from them. And so Judith Crawford from Beacon Mobility raised her hand and said, why don't you come up to Northern Massachusetts? And I always take it. I always take that opportunity to go up there. We we stopped for some clam chowder, of course. But what she did is she opened her doors to us, and she put us in front of the team who was not only responsible for ordering the buses, chain, making the changes to the electricity and the power solutions that they needed on site. The team that was responsible for they had to uh, reconfigure their lot to make sure that the buses could fit where they were being charged, to the folks who were in charge of maintenance and making sure that all the components and the battery were working, and even the driver. So we, we had a chance to ride on a bus and talk to a driver. And what was quite interesting to me and eye-opening is because we've been learning about the infrastructure and we've been learning about the batteries and the cost, was how much her drivers love these electric buses. And so that was an interesting part of the conversation for me. When you think about all of the the benefits that we know cleaner energy will bring, and we understand that some of the quiet will help, the quieter school busing will certainly help students on the bus, especially if they're trying to concentrate and do their homework. I never really thought about the perspective of a driver and how much (laughs) more they enjoyed it. And And I said to him, why do you like this so much? And he said, I can hear the students and I can still hear myself over the students because I don't, the students don't have to yell to talk to each other over the engine noise. And I don't have to yell over the students who are yelling at each other. So it was just... A, a really a new audience that I hadn't thought about the positive benefits of electrification.
0: Yeah, another ancillary effect. And one thing that I find uh, always interesting is when we do site visits like this, it's the passion of the people involved. It's not, hey, I, I mean, we could have spent all day, quite frankly, in Drake Hutton, and and had a long, long, we had a long conversation, We had even longer conversation around, you know, all those bits and pieces that go into the electrification of the school bus fleet. But I, I always find it interesting, you know, the people involved in this are just so passionate, enjoy what they're doing, and just bring such energy, no pun intended, to the work that they do. Kurt, Yeah.
1: The other thing is, you would, what, you're you right. We could have sat there all day and asked questions of the Beacon team. And, and I think they could have equally stood there all day and answered them because they had spent so much time learning about this and figuring out how to make it work. And in, in anybody on the sidelines watching would not have guessed that we are actually competitors in the same market space. Right. And that's what's so right. great about NFPA mm-hmm. and the effort is that everybody's sitting in that room can, you know, have the opportunity to compete with each other, but yet we were all there learning and making sure we all understood some of the the hiccups and the challenges and how to overcome it because we're all trying to speed up that learning curve.
0: So so part of you being a frequent guest here is that you're teeing me up for the segues left and right, which is great. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> in, in terms of teamwork, you know you know, in a few weeks, we're going to Washington, D.C. for the Capitol Hill bus in. Can you talk about the importance of this event for NSTA and the NSTA advocacy team?
1: Yeah, this this is a great event, and and I know anytime you've asked me that, I say that, and it sounds like I'm just saying the same thing, but it really is I think the best event that we have. We consistently hear feedback from our members that one of the greatest benefits NSTA brings is advocacy, and this is our opportunity to do that in person together as a team in a beautiful city and finally have an opportunity to go back to pre-COVID Boston, where we are on the Hill and we are meeting with senators and congressmen and women and, and or their staffers and, you know, running across from meeting to meeting, having that opportunity to tell our story and tell our story together there was a uh, congressman from Southern Illinois. I think maybe I met with him three years in a row, and this was before COVID. And unfortunately, he has lost his seat. But every time we met with him, he said, oh, the school bus people. And, you know, maybe he said that to every group he met with. But he uh, he happened to live very close to the school school district uh, within his in-district office. And so he was very familiar with the company down there. And he always said he enjoyed this conversation talking about school bus safety. And and who wouldn't? When we have an opportunity to go and be proactive and advocate for, for safer school busing. And right now that's in trying to get rid of illegal school bus passing and talk about all the positive benefits that school buses bring. It, it really, they are great conversations to have. And it's a great opportunity for one voice to come together with many voices and have an opportunity to actually impact legislation and the regulatory environment. Because some of our conversations that come out of this and are the reasons that we have had such significant advocacy success over the past years. So it's a real chance to make a difference. It's a real chance to have some great conversations with key people who impact our industry. And it's a lot of fun. It's always a great time to get together with NISTA members and spend a couple hours uh, on the hill talking about why our industry is so great and how we can make it even better.
0: Yeah, and the opportunity to trade war stories, which is always uh, very insightful. You know, you've mentioned frequently the industry is stronger together. I guess events like the bus in, but our other live events show that. In your mind, um, you know, if you're on the fence, if a person's on the fence about going to a live event like bus in or even our annual meeting convention or or midwinter meeting you know how does that show uh, the industry is stronger together and what can folks get out of those meetings those live meetings
1: yeah i think you know you you can make of the meeting what it is that you want so if you're someone and yeah more introverted and you would prefer to just come and absorb information but say you were there and be there in person get out of your office, maybe you can come and you can sit in the, you know, the back of the room, if that's what you like, and you can listen to the presentations, you can take notes, you can have access to all of the materials that we put out from our meetings. And, uh, and you can, you can just attend and you can be there and you can learn from the content and you can learn from each other and you can make connections that way. If you're someone who's type A personality and you want to come and you want to sit in the front row and you want to meet everybody there and uh, perhaps you even want to contribute and sit on a panel, you can speak up and let us know that. And we're happy, always very happy to have volunteers who want to help share content and contribute information. So I think, you know, depending, whatever your personality type is and whatever it is that you are looking for from the meetings as a member, it's, one of our goals is to make sure you're getting that. So have a conversation and they, you know, Kurt, they can reach out to you. They can talk to Alec. They can call me. You can call any of our board chairs that you're comfortable with and and talk about what it is you're looking to do and give us um, some of your, if you've got concerns, share your concerns and we can explain to you a way that we can make you comfortable at the meeting and talk about different ways that you can get the most from it. Because Being a member and just getting the emails, sure, you're getting the information, but being an engaged member and showing up to meetings and networking and having those conversations, you really get to see the impact and you just absorb more. And like you had said, the chance to have a little bit of fun and tell some more stories about some of the meetings that we've had. The more engagement we have from our members, the higher attendance we have at our meetings, the better the experience for everyone and then the greater story we can tell to audiences who may not understand what we do. Uh, Numbers are important. Data is important. And telling that story as loudly as we can to help raise awareness for what it is we do and what it is we're trying to do is one of the most important things that we we do as an association.
0: We're, you know, wrapping up Women's History Month here on NSTA, The Butt Stop. I want to ask you what your thoughts are on being a leader in student transportation.
1: Yeah, they and you've heard me say this before, Kurt. That the student transportation is one of the coolest industries out there when you really dig into it. And I say that, of course, with a bias because I've been here so long. But we, as you know, and, and some of your audience members know, but for those who might not, we're the largest mass transit system in the country. And so, what an opportunity we have to make a difference and contribute to even uh, to bettering our nation, getting our our nation's school children to school safely. And, and that doesn't always just mean for an education. As we learned through COVID, that means some kids, if they did not get to school, they would not have meals. They would not have social services. They would not have a safe space. And so school busing has to, is really a, a critical responsibility that we have. And so as an industry, it's pretty awesome to be able to be a leader and work with some of the folks that I have is is an incredible experience because it gives you an even greater opportunity to have an impact and to meet folks and to network and to tell our story. I keep going back to telling our story because I, I just can't help it. It's in my DNA. And so being a chance to come on your podcasts and to talk to our folks at the industry publications and to present at some of our peer association meetings and talk about who we are is uh, is fantastic because it can only improve the awareness of what we do as an industry and that's a great thing. I think if I'm going to guess maybe what your next question might be is talking about being (laughs) a a woman leader in student transportation because I have listened to your other podcasts for this month and so I know that's what you spoke about with Kim and Michelle and Chloe and Justina and it was great that they all came on during Women's History Month and that was wonderful. I'll tell you I've listened to a lot of different presentations this month, of course, about women being involved in leadership and uh, Women's History Month. And a a couple things resonated with me. But but the one I think if I go back to Justina's podcast, when she talked about one of the challenges women have, they often forego networking. Um, And. Women, you know, we have certainly a lot on their plates, depending on their current situation, but sometimes they've got parenting on their plates. Sometimes they have being a spouse or a partner on their plate. Sometimes, you know, they will have friends on their plate, self-care on their plate, work on their plate, and volunteerism. So there's a lot going on there. And when there's an opportunity to network, especially if it's an opportunity to network outside of the, the typical work hours, it's something that they forego because they have other responsibilities. And Justina had just mentioned how you know important this is, and I was listening to her saying, "Aha, she is absolutely right throughout my whole career when there's an opportunity to travel in a day early or to stay a day late on a work trip because you had this great opportunity to network, I often chose to go home because at that point, my you know my children were my top priority. And so I think what we don't always think about is where you can find other opportunities to network that that aren't perhaps eating up at other priorities that you might have. And so I talked about coming to some of our meetings. Those are always opportunities to network. And we try to keep our meetings no more than two days because we recognize that time away is time away from work and time away from family and other responsibilities. So my thoughts on being a a female leader in student transportation is that there are a lot of great ways to go out there and make connections. And a lot of them don't have to pull time away from some of your other priorities, And even just having a conversation with other folks about different ways that you can meet folks, different ways you can get information, different ways you can learn what's going on, or maybe a different way to approach a problem that you have, uh, the better we all are. And so I I encourage folks to find these ways to network, even if it's as, as subtle as listening to a podcast, right, listening to podcasts you learn about. The individual, especially you, Kurt. when you interview folks, you really ask them to talk about how they got started in student transportation, and they're quite interesting. Learning about people—that's that's a way to network as well. And then send someone a note and say, "Hey, I listened to your podcast. Great job. Build connections that way." There are ways to do it that don't have to eat away at some of the other priorities that someone might have, and um, something that I think Mystic can help folks with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, I have two thoughts on this being the last podcast. Uh, for 2023 in Women's History Month. And one was exactly the point you raised about Justina Morrison talking about networking and having to choose. That was one thing um, that struck me. And the other was Michelle Atwell, who was on the podcast. And she talked about, you you know, starting her professional career in nursing and then transitioning, in her case, into transportation. But it, it is very fascinating to to hear those stories and and to find out, you know, what makes people tick and how they develop their passion for for certain things and, and you as well. So you've been a great uh, podcast guest over the years and with this one. And so um, in, in closing, I'm just going to ask you a simple question, Karina. Now, we know that Anthony Volpe, the young shortstop from Wachong, New Jersey, made the Yankees. Are they going to make the World Series in
1: 2023? (laughs) Oh, Kurt, see if my boys are going to listen to this, of course I have to say yes. We, as you know, are a big baseball family and uh, looking forward to adding a few stadiums to our belt this summer. But I'm going to change topics on you because I love talking to the Yankees and my boys would love it too. But I would rather highlight, given that it's Women's History Month, uh, an Iowa basketball player named Caitlin Clark. Did you see her play the other night? She oh, yeah. is incredible. And I'll be honest, when when you tell me, you know, NCAA game is on, it's typically the men's game that I'm looking for in the guide. But I happened to be, this was after dinner the other night, and it was on TV, and so I was just watching in the background. And I thought, and they kept talking about her and showing her, and my goodness is she incredible but the coolest part Mm -hmm. about her and and i think she ended up setting a record right 40 points triple double Mm -hmm. and all that but what they were talking about during the game and i don't know if you heard this, was they said that during the season half of all of her teammates shots were assisted by her that's incredible right to be a leader not only in your own scoring in your own um, your own game but to be able to assist and help your teammates like that is what a leader what a leader she is for women's yeah. basketball and for NCAA basketball instead so yes of course love the Yankees hopefully we're going to get to see them this year but I think given it's world women's history month I'd rather highlight Caitlin Clark and what, what an amazing leader <laughs> she is based not again not only on her own points but on her assist percentage that's pretty right. darn
0: cool yeah yeah it makes those players around her better which is always yeah. always denotes a, a real leader exactly exactly so yeah and and quite frankly the you know as we're wrapping up both ncaa tournaments the the games are have been great you know at at some point in time you know watching all the basketball and i you know i do flip on the the women's games um as well you know you get basketball saturation but you know it, with this, this level of play at the tournament i'm I'm still tuning in and I have Mm -hmm. zero rooting interest in any of the teams left, (laughs) um, which, which, you know, which, which, which says a lot because then, you know, at that point it's just, um, tuning in to see, you know, some people perform at a very, very high level. Um, so I think this tournament has been great, you know, for that, both on the men's side and the women's side. Yeah, absolutely. So, Karina, uh, one last thing for you. If folks want to learn a little bit more about National Express, where can they go to find that information?
1: Oh, all the usual channels. We've got our website in uh, NELLC.com, and then we are on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I would start with LinkedIn, of course, but you can find us on social media and you can find us on the web, and anyone can reach out to me as well.
0: And I know, following you guys on LinkedIn, always a lot of great stories from around the country that you have on there. So, if any listeners are out there or haven't been following National Express, you know, on LinkedIn or, or uh, Twitter and Instagram, do so. You'll get a lot of information and some fun stories as well. Folks have been out in the communities. So, once again, our guest at NSTA, the bus stop, is Karina Noble. She is serving as NSTA president. She's also senior vice president over at National Express. Karina, thanks for taking a few minutes out of your busy schedule. Join us at the bus stop. We appreciate it.
1: Thanks for the invitation, Kurt and Alec. I appreciate it very much.